0: Y'all, it's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. And today is a day to celebrate because for two reasons. Number one, we're entering in our third year of doing a Let's Be Real podcast. So this is finishing up our second year, second birthday. So pretty cool. And then the second reason is this is our 100th episode. So that's pretty cool that. I've made it this far that you have made it this far and stuck with me and although this is probably the saddest celebration ever because I'm sitting in my closet by myself, my dog is laying here at my feet so that counts so she's here celebrating with me although she's asleep but wherever you are, uh, celebrate with me. If you've been with me since the beginning, I want to say thank you so much because that's just a huge, a huge deal to me that you take the time out each week or every other week whenever you get the chance and you listen to me, you find that what I'm saying is valuable. And I hope that in the past two years, as I have grown closer with the Lord, studying and preparing for this podcast, I pray that you have to, that he has used this as a way to draw you closer to him into deeper and more meaningful relationship with him. So yeah, so this is the 100th episode and I think it's fitting that we are talking about love and how we're supposed to do everything in love on this 100th episode because that's kind of the motivation of what I'm doing here every week is out of a love for number 1 for God and number 2 out of a love for my fellow believers helping trying to help them and myself, like I said, get a little further down the road in our relationship with Christ to continue to run the race, as it says in scripture, and to just run it with confidence that the reward at the finish is going to be greater than anything that we could experience here on earth. So, yeah, so let's dive right in to our series and this is the final instruction that Paul gives to the church of Corinthians as they are living in a very pagan, very worldly culture, very similar to our modern day societies that we live in. Things are going on around us that are not godly and We are told through Scripture that we are to be in the world, but not of it. And so having these instructions on how to be in the world, but not join in what the world is doing is so, so important and so valuable. And so as we've gone through the last several weeks, um, each of these instructions, I feel like I've just been... It's been a refresher for me. It's been a, a reminder to what I need to be doing as I live in this world, as I look for Christ's return, as I look forward to spending my eternity with Him, whether that's through the Lord taking me home or Jesus returning. However, that pans out. These are the things while I live on earth that I should be doing. So, Let's read this ver- these two verses in First Corinthians. It's chapter sixteen, verses thirteen and fourteen. And this is if this is your first week joining us, I encourage you to go back and listen to the last four or five weeks as we've talked about each one of these. We've broken them down in a little more detail. First Corinthians sixteen, thirteen, and fourteen says, "Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, be strong." Do everything in love. So, just a quick summary of the past instructions. We are told to be on our guard. This means that we are to be alert. We are to stay awake. We are to watch. We are to be quick to notice any unusual or potentially dangerous spiritual situation that could manifest itself in the natural. It could also manifest itself in our spiritual lives. So, be careful of that. Be on your guard. Number two, we are to stand firm in our faith. This is standing on a firm foundation of the gospel. And we were told, we looked at this and we came up with four things that we need to be remembering as we stand firm in our faith. We are to remember what Christ has done for us, how he has forgiven us of our sins. He became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. So remember what he has done. Remember that our future is in heaven if we are followers of Christ. Our future isn't here on this world, on this earth. So we can keep our eyes and our mind's eye focused on heaven, but yet still be um, watchful of all the things that we have done. That's how we're going to keep our faith on firm footing Number three, we are to remember that we have been set apart for a specific work. While here on this earth, God has placed us here in our our families, in our neighborhoods, in our jobs, in our communities. He's placed us in that specific situation for a purpose. We have been sanctified for that work. So it's time to get to it. And then number four, we are to remember that we have a real enemy, but we have weapons that have been given to us by God that will be effective in fighting him. So that's how we stand firm in our faith. Number three, we are to be men and women of courage. We are to act like men and women of integrity. We are, have to be ready and willing to do what is right in the face of opposition, fear, or ridicule. This is mental and moral strength and maturity to do what God says. The point I was trying to make in this instruction is that this is not an easy one, but it is worth it. So go back and listen to that episode. And then last week we talked about being strong. How strength is not just a physical attribute. It is the strength of your mind, the strength of the whole person. In this verse, though, The word strong here is a passive present verb, meaning we don't have to do anything. We just have to allow God to fill us up with his strength. And then we can move forward um, in this world with him. And then the last thing, the fifth instruction that, that Paul told this church that we can follow is to do everything in love. So what is love? When we think about love, the first thing we think about is perhaps that person who we are connected with for for the time we have here on earth, whether that's spouse, th- husband, wife is what I'm thinking about. Our feelings we have for them, strong strong desire, affection, or devotion. How do we do everything in love? That seems almost impossible if I'm being real. How do we do everything in love? I know there's there's going to be something (laughs) that I'm not going to be able to do in love. There may be someone who I may not be able to love. Well, thank goodness it's not all up to me. How do we do everything in love? We look to the one who is love. And for that, we're going to go to 1 John 4, 7 through 21. And I know that seems like a long passage, but I think it's valuable if I read it for us today. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son, We know that we live in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in Him and He in God, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in Him. In this way, Love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like Him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Okay, so in these verses, 14, 15 or so, we have the word love or some form of that word almost 30 times. It's pretty important then. And this is the agape love. This is the love that God has, that God feels towards his people. There's three things that we can see in this passage. I'm just going to go over them very quickly. Number one, God is love. It says that explicitly twice. God is love. Number two, loving God means that we love others. And then number three, God showed his love by sacrificing his son on the cross. How God shows love is how we should show love to others. And there are four things that we can see on how God shows love. This is probably not an exhaustive list for sure, but if we're going to pattern our lives after, especially how Jesus loved others, then these are some of the things that, that he did and scripture tells us. So as I say each one, I've got a couple of verses to go with it. Okay, the first one, how should we love others? We should love others through sacrifice. Now, that's sometimes a yucky word. We don't want to sacrifice anything. We don't want to make ourselves uncomfortable. We don't want to give up something of our belongings or even of ourself, our time, our treasure, our talents even. We don't want to sacrifice for someone else. But to follow Christ's example, That's what we have to do. In John 15, 12, and 13, Jesus himself says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. So what are we to do? We are to follow Jesus' example through sacrifice. And that shows that we love. Number two, we are to love, quote, as is. Romans 5 7 and 8, very familiar verses, tells us that very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, you go and look for a used car. I can remember going especially right as I got turned 16 and got my license and looked at a, my mom, you know, went and looked for a used car. And, and there was that sticker on the window that's had two choices. I don't even remember what the first choice was, but the second choice was as is. That's how you're getting this car. You're paying for it. You're purchasing it as it is. If it has terrible tires, it needs new tires. You're going to have to do that after you purchase it. If it has a scratched up seat a window that doesn't work however you're purchasing that car as it is as it sits there on the lot and that's what Romans 5 8 tells us is that while we were still sinners while we were as is Jesus died for us so how do we do everything in love and follow Jesus's example is we don't try and fix somebody first before we want to love them we're going to love them as is. We're going to go into a situation as it is and say, okay, I can do what I can do, and I'm going to do it through love. So we're going to, we can sacrifice. We love as is. We're not going to be fixers first. And then we're going to love mercifully. And Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 tells us, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace we ha- you have been saved. And also in Luke 6, 36, Jesus tells us to be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. So we can be merciful. We can show lots of mercy. We can show lots of undeserved forgiveness, undeserved care, undeserved compassion towards someone, towards a situation, because Jesus did that for us. God shows us mercy. He is full of mercy when he looks at us, and he's asked us to do the same. And then how do we love others? The last thing, and maybe the most important thing, because we can't do any of these other things without this last one. Why I didn't put it first, I have no idea. But we're going to go to Matthew. Chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So we're not going to be able to love others or do anything in love without loving God first, with all of us, with all of our heart and soul and mind. And even Deuteronomy chapter 6 even says, with all of our strength, so with everything that we are, this all-encompassing love for God first, and then we would be able to love ourselves. Because it says that here, love your neighbor as yourself. So that makes the uh, prerequisite being that we love ourselves, and then we can love our neighbor. We'll love our neighbor to the extent that we love ourselves, but we must love God first. If we are to obey this command to do everything in love, we must apply these four biblical principles. This is God's way of loving others. Shouldn't it be ours? Love is the framework of all of our actions, words, attitudes, and thoughts. Maybe I should reread that and insert these two words. Love should be the framework of all of our actions, words, attitudes, and thoughts. Now, in all of these verses that I've read about love, there was never the word like. This word is not in the equation. It's not about how we feel towards someone. Oh, I like them. I like what they're doing. I like the words they say. They make me laugh, so I like them. No, that's not where that comes in and a lot of times I know for myself I have confused I've said I've liked somebody so I love them and somebody I don't like or something I don't like a situation I don't like I love doesn't come into the equation that's not what God's saying here he's saying do everything in love not everything in like here's a couple of questions I want to leave us with today Number one, is doing everything in love easy? Now, I think y'all know me well enough. This is our 100th episode. You know me well enough. I say this a lot. Just because something is easy or just because something is not easy does not mean it's not worth doing. It may not be easy, but is it worth it? I think it's worth it because it's a command in scripture to do everything in love. So is doing everything in love easy? Number two, is doing everything in love worth it? These are questions that you've got to answer for yourself. Number three, how can I improve in this command? Where are areas where I'm not doing everything in love? Where are areas where I'm not even doing anything in love? Have I washed my hands of a situation? Have I washed my hands of a person because I didn't like them or I didn't like what was going on? or it got too hard, do everything in love. And number four, this is the last question. You know what? And it's not even a question. It's just a challenge. What are two specific things that you can try this week that will help you to put this command into practice? What are two specific things that you can try this week to do everything in love? I think it begs us, making an effort. And really, we're not going to be able to do everything in love without the power of the Holy Spirit enabling us and working through us. And so I would say, number one specific thing is to begin praying that the Holy Spirit would guide us in, whether we feel it or not, walking in love, having love be our framework for all that we do. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for all that you do for us. What an amazing God that you are. And this past week, we've celebrated the resurrection of your son and just that sweet reminder that you did everything in love, that you loved us so much as we were, that through all of your mercy that you have, you sacrificed your son for us. And I cannot say thank you enough but what i can do is ask that your holy spirit give me the power to follow your example in love forgive me when i haven't forgive me when i have just stomped on the love that you've asked me to show to somebody and help me to not do that anymore and god when i fail i ask that you forgive me god i pray these prayers for my friend I thank you for them, for them sticking around with me for two years, and thank you that we've made it to this 100th episode, and I pray that you would continue to guide through the next 100, through the next year. Help me to follow your lead as it pertains to this podcast, and I thank you for all of my friends. Thank you for all that you do for us, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to leave you with three things love God, respect yourself, and love others. When we do those, we can't go wrong. Thank you for joining me today, and I will uh, meet you right back here next week with a whole other encouraging topic. So we'll see you and have a great week. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me and I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived and a perfect life he died on a cross he was buried in a tomb and then three days later he arose from the dead victorious over sin and death believe that he did that for you and then the third thing to do is to confess confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior it's as easy as that I want to encourage you if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with him. Will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to be in charge? If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at brealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with christ check out more encouraging gospel center podcast on the kingdom rock podcast network at kingdomrock.org this is carmen go be real the world needs to see it